It's been a rough week for humans, HoloLens, and Halo. Happy Friday, friends! It's uh, it's Friday. It's always it's always a good time when it's a Friday. That means we got the weekend. We got football. We got my Bengals, and we'll see if they can beat the Bills. It's it's gonna be tough. Gonna be tough. Either way, uh, it's been a bit of a somber week, uh, just kind of across the board. And in a nutshell, Microsoft announced uh, over ten thousand layoffs. Google this morning announced over ten thousand layoffs, and Amazon as well has announced over ten thousand employees being laid off as well. Uh, Tis the season, and it's just yeah, it's just not. It's not, it's just not a good vibe, as the kids would say. So, uh, you know, if anybody impacted by that, I just, I wish you the best and keep your head up. Having gone through layoffs myself and been laid off, I empathize, empathize. Anyways, all right, uh, back to the, okay, moving on. Tech news of the week. There wasn't a ton, but there was some, we'll focus on the Microsoft here. Uh, there were some notable things coming out of the world of Microsoft. Microsoft is very much steamrolling and, and going rolling downhill at this point of kind of moving away from the Office brand. They are con continuing that trend by renaming the Office Insider Program becomes, surprise, ta-da, Microsoft 365 Insider Program. Yay! I mean, it, it's purely branding. But Microsoft is very much leaning into Microsoft 365. They think that's a better brand for than Office. And so there you go. Uh, Microsoft also announced this week that it's bringing OpenAI services there, I believe now in general availability on Azure. Now, this is a really big deal and has Google shaken in its boots because Microsoft has been investing. I almost just said partnering, but they've been literally investing in OpenAI and it sounds like they're going to be doing more of that. And those services are now coming natively over into Azure as an API access. And also this includes ChatGPT is also coming over to Azure as well. This is a really big deal. Microsoft is betting heavily that these services, and if you have used them, are they are pretty darn good. They are far from perfect. I think the most impressive one personally is not necessarily open AI related. It's mid-journey, but it all tangles. There's a big tangled web of all this stuff. Mid-journey is fantastic for image generation. Uh, there's some legality issues that are being worked out. We'll see where those land, but just as a true technology, it's, it's pretty darn good. Either way, this really, once again, cements the fact that Windows 12 is going to have AI baked into the hood. And I bet we'll see Surface with AI. I mean, we've already seen some AI chip stuff, but I think... Yeah, I think next year. <laughs> I was running through some mental notes in my head. Next year, uh, I think will be a big year for Surface in this AI stuff, I think, is where Microsoft is headed. So I, I think Windows 12... ChatGPT, OpenAI, I think that's going to be Microsoft's marketing message. It looks like there'll probably be some UI changes based on that leaked image that we saw from, uh, was that Ignite, the Next Valley image screenshot. So we'll see where all this lands, but Microsoft is going in OpenAI, actually uh, tangentially, whatever, related. So Google announced layoffs this morning, and in that release, it was also, I think, from the New York Times saying that they've actually, uh, Sundar has called up Sergi and Bryn and the, the whole founding crew and said, hey, can you guys come back and maybe help lead some AI initiative stuff? Because we're really scared about what this is going to do to search. Because again, keep in mind, while Google does a lot of stuff, their primary revenue driver is advertisements based on search. And so if searching goes down, that's going to impact Google significantly. So just keep, you know, just 
we'll see. Uh, Microsoft Edge version 109 is out, and there's actually a new feature that I have used a couple times. So it has predictive text when you're writing a tweet in the Twitters, and not on a third-party app, but that is, but directly into the app through the web browser, it actually does predictive text. We've seen this thing, we've seen this elsewhere in uh, other platforms, but it's now in Edge, and I gotta tell you, it's actually kind of useful. I've used it a couple times. It's not for everybody. Some people I can surely see finding it annoying, but eh, you know what? This is one of the better updates. I, I tend to like it. Uh, tabs are also coming to Notepad, which they said was the number one feature requested for Notepad, which I think the number one feature for Notepad should be just don't touch Notepad. Like it, it should be Notepad, it shouldn't change. But there are now tabs, if that's what's been holding you back from making Notepad your primary, I don't know, note-taking application, you now have tabs and good on you. Uh, there's also been some funky bugs in the world of Windows this week, where basically the start menu and taskbar shortcuts just stopped working. Uh, Microsoft, just they just stopped working. Seems like it was related to an Office bug related to click to share. Still, either way, that's a pretty gnarly bug where your shortcuts just stop working and your start menu stops functioning the way you would expect. But hey, there we are. There's also another fun one. Uh, system restore points break on apps uh, Windows on Windows 11 22H2. So if you're trying to use System Restore in the latest version of Windows 11, you're going to run into some headaches. And I maybe just hold off a little bit here. It, these are man, these are the bugs that Microsoft is should be. This is the frustrating part of Windows. It's like this is we're not. This is a new part of Windows 11 lifecycle. We're running into some really nasty bugs because I. I personally think that they're pushing out updates too quick and they, that's, that's just me. We won't go on that. We won't go on that. Uh, next thing up, if you are a consumer looking to buy Windows 10, technically Microsoft is going to stop selling them at the end of January. Now that doesn't mean you can't install Windows 10. It doesn't mean you can't actually still buy Windows 10. Retailers can still continue to sell it, but Microsoft will not be issuing those retailers new keys to do that. Now, that being said, I believe Windows 11 keys activate Windows 10, and I'm still pretty sure that Windows 7 and Windows 8 keys will also activate Windows 10. So it's more of a ceremonial sort of thing, like, hey, look, we're done. Like we're heading towards end of life. This is one of the steps we got to take. Stop selling keys. But it, you shouldn't really have to worry too much uh, if you're still trying to install and activate and put Windows 10 on a new machine. It's still, it'll be possible and easy for a very long time. And then, of course, we can't not touch on the layoffs that more than 10,000 people from Microsoft being laid off being announced this week. Obviously, Microsoft is doing uh, a lot of trimming uh, of their resources lately as they expect that the next two years, according to Satya Nadella, they expect to be pretty difficult. And so we're seeing, we're definitely seeing a slowdown in the economy and that's why all these layoffs are happening. Also very interesting is that they are doing some write down of hardware as well. Now I initially thought that this was related to some of the Surface stuff because there are have been some Surface products that have been scrapped, but the more that the information came out, it looks like this might be tied much closer to HoloLens. Remember that Microsoft uh, not lost, but they didn't get the go-ahead for this huge new uh, military deal worth like 400 million, and now they're going to like a 40 million dollar option to build the next to build a new generation of this stuff, and then maybe try again. And so it looks like Hololens' future is seems to be really kind of topsy-turny right now. And this is like a classic Microsoft thing. I bet we come back and see like one day we'll be like, well, Microsoft had all this stuff first, but then just couldn't figure out the last 10 steps of the journey to get it across the finish line and make it and democratize it to everybody. And then we'll see Apple or Google or somebody else or some unknown company come up and then, um, you know, take the limelight again. But either way, it looks like HoloLens future of it's going to be interesting. That's, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So 
Uh, on to the little bit of gaming news this week. So our friends Stadia, Google Stadia is gone. Finito done. It is over. This thing is now a fancy Bluetooth controller, I, and um, it's a great. It's on, the controller is not bad. I still prefer the offset of the way the Xbox does the thumbsticks. But honestly, it's free, and I will use it. Uh, I, I will point out that Google deserves some credit for how they shut down Stadia. They did it the appropriate way. While I think we saw a lot of this was coming ahead of time, they refunded everybody who basically made a purchase for in most in almost all scenarios. They enabled Bluetooth on these controllers, and they're just walking away. And I think that they did it the right way, the appropriate way, and didn't leave a sour taste in anybody's mouth for the most part, you know, as best as you can. Uh, it's still not a great thing for the industry. More players and more partners in the industry is good for everybody in gaming because it keeps pressure on pricing. But um, yeah, Stadia, it's officially gone. Um, so Xbox is also getting a new feature on the Insider program. It's nothing too crazy, but the backgrounds, which have been a source of contention with the new dashboard update because you can kind of see less of it. You can now make it a solid color, and gosh darn it, it'll stay a solid color. And so not, not the greatest of updates, but if, that's, if you just wanted a solid blue background, you will now be able to do it if you're on the Insider program or soon if you are not in the Insider program. Uh, the EU Commission is also expected to punish, or er, punish, publish, you know, closely related, its objections this week, or not this week, in the coming weeks, I should say, uh, to the Microsoft Activision deal. And so this is fully expected and they were, Microsoft was not allowed to offer its remedies ahead of time. They wanted to, they wanted to publish this and then Microsoft can come back and there we go. Uh, don't forget, next week, Developer Direct next week is happening. So we're gonna get some game showcase here. Obviously, Starfield is not part of that conversation. And so we're looking to see Redfall and a couple other titles uh, and see when they land Minecraft. What is it, Minecraft Legends is also in there. So, and then we also have earnings next week as well. And so those will be two notable items, and uh, we'll see what kind of information pops out of that. So uh, on to the questions of the week, which is something I do. I tweet it out. If you're still using the Twitters, uh, you can find it on there, or it's always I post it on threat.com. And so every week, just questions. So here we go. Let's dive in. Jay Wolf says, hi, Brad. Hope you're, do hope you're doing well, Jay. Uh, it has been a rough week for us Halo fans, especially those who love the ongoing story. There have been a lot of insiders claiming to know what's next for the Halo franchise since the news broke about the layoffs. Some saying Halo Infinite will remain multiplayer focused with in-game narrative events, but no campaign for a very long time. Uh, maybe to shop the high. And then the other side is claiming uh, that hey, that the Endless, which is the, supposedly the next game for Halo, is already in development. Hmm. So, what do you think about these claims are true? Well, they could technically they could both be true, right? Microsoft, if they're willing to bet again on Halo, they could very much start the next. They could start the next game. That's they've got all the assets. They've got most of the people in place uh, after the layoffs, and so they very much could. I very much do believe that Halo Infinite will stay focused on multiplayer. Hopefully, we'll see the battle royale experience that has been rumored here. I must have leaked. I don't think we've seen any true leaks yet. Uh, mostly rumored, and that's kind of what I expect we'll see out of Infinite. I don't think it's worth diving back into that campaign because from a business perspective okay so they add some campaign dlc is that really going to change anything significantly for the hundreds of millions of dollars that they invested i don't think so so from here i think microsoft focuses on multiplayer for infinite and if they're going to make another game another campaign uh, i think we're it's not going to be for many many years personally speaking 
Uh, Eric Rasmussen says, I've been playing with Maui a lot. This is a, this is Clarity. This is .NET Maui. Uh, a lot over the past couple of months, especially with the updates that are coming with .NET 7. It seems like Maui has a chance to, of finally becoming a real competitor to Flutter. I think there's much larger community around Flutter. That is, I believe that is true than Maui, but there's also a much larger community around C Sharp than Dart. I'm really hoping Microsoft sticks with this. It could finally be the first Microsoft sponsored cross platform UI toolkit that works for everyone. So, I, I Maui has received from those who use it, has received a fair bit of praise that Microsoft has actually done a pretty good job with it. But I think to your point, is is there enough of a community to really drive this initiative um, for the long term? Obviously, uh, C Sharp is not going anywhere anytime soon, and .NET is also not going anywhere anytime soon. Microsoft continues to invest heavily into .NET and its various frameworks that are supported by it. So uh, within that context, do you have any insight in how recent layoffs have impacted Visual Studio, the .NET, or MAUI teams? I don't think they've been very significant on that side of the fence. Uh, where I heard most of the layoffs coming from did not. Visual if Visual Studio employees were impacted and .NET teams, it was minor compared to things, say, like 343 as an example. Uh, MSN, I think Bing got hit pretty hard as well. So. I would expect that .Maui will, or .Maui, that Maui will continue its development path along with uh, the other things inside the .NET teams. I don't think too much has changed from their objectives. Will says, what do you think Microsoft should do with Halo Infinite today and the Halo franchise going forward? So if I had a magic wand and I could just do anything that I thought was within the realm of goodness for Halo. First off, I would continue on with Infinite. I would build a battle royale and make it a, a, a really good experience and not just half-ass it for that that part the other thing too which this is less realistic i honestly think the biggest mistake of halo infinite 343 was slip space i i really do i think that was the downfall of infinite i think that is why there were so much so many issues delays and everything else is all tied back to that engine so if i could do one magical thing to halo i would flip it over to unreal the reason being it is so much easier because there's so much more talent across the industry that understands and utilizes unreal engine it's like the wordpress of the industry for the most part you can go find a wordpress shop you can go find an unreal shop who you can just plug right in and absorb that in onboard exceptionally quickly. Granted, you would lose potentially, and I think more than potentially, I think there's a good chance you would lose some of that classic Halo feel a little bit, but what you would gain is just tons of momentum and functionality that is built into Unreal, and I think that's what honestly just needs to happen for Halo uh, to really survive the long term. Microsoft's original vision was like, oh, we can build up slip space, we can have this custom engine in-house that can do all the things that we needed to do and they just bit off more than they could chew they dumped a bunch of money into it and i can't see any other studio inside of the xbox franchise be like i want to use slip space and being and then adopting it and then i, I just don't see that happening so uh put it to unreal build the next game and stand stand a better chance of having a, a long a long-tailed future Stefan Schmidt says, what is your opinion of the disaster around Blizzard and NetEase in China? Yeah, this is something we haven't mentioned too much. And the removal of World of Warcraft from the Chinese market. And can this have an impact on the Activision Blizzard deal? I think it definitely can have an, a, a, an impact on the Activision Blizzard deal. I think Microsoft was pro hopefully aware of that maneuver before it happened. We don't really know what the end game is here. Obviously, they felt that they needed to get out of that relationship because it wasn't working well. I don't know if they have something else lined up and they're trying to renegotiate. But either way, this has a, been a big shift in China 
for a U.S. publisher strategy. And so I, there's not been a whole lot of, okay, what's happening next? It's more so just been like the relationship's ending, and that's all we know. So uh, Side Choker says, hey, Brad, big question for me. What, oh, gosh. What is the state of MS Loop, and will I be able to use it with my personal M365, M365 subscription? So I... I believe the initial intent was that you could use it for your own personal stuff. Initially, now, it is definitely targeting more of the enterprise class, the, the higher-end uh, SKUs of the Microsoft world. But yeah, it, it, if I remember correctly, their initial targeting was for the users. They were thinking you could use it as, think of OneNote on steroids. Now, I don't know if loop components will end up in OneNote. That's a whole different conversation. But we, the, the current status of Microsoft of the Loops app is that it's in private preview for a specific set of users. For uh, If you're listening to this, you probably can't get access to it unless you find a leaked build. And then you have leaked credentials, which you're not going to find. Uh, but at least it's in private preview, and hopefully we will get a public build here soon i'm crossing my fingers francisco c says hi brad hope you're having a good hope you are having a good week i still have a lot of love for my surface laptop too as it got me through my master's degree and it is not my even though it is not my main driver right now do you have any tech that you have a fond relationship with uh yes absolutely so th th this is like a self-fulfilling prophecy but obviously i really like surface hardware i wrote a freaking book about surface hardware and so any any surface hardware that I had a part of leaking or being the first in the industry to use or whatever and write about, uh, definitely like still resonates with me by far. I actually have a bucket. I don't, I don't know if you could hear me kicking that. It's actually under this desk of all my favorite surface hardware that I've had over the years. Some um, I've given back and some I bought myself. But it, it's definitely like the Surface Laptop, as an example, the announcement, this is the very first Surface Laptop. If you go back and watch that video, you'll see my stupid face taking a selfie because Panos, for whatever reason, picked the person next to me and walked out and unveiled it and gave it to her. And so like during the live stream, you can take watch me taking selfies of myself. It was a stupid thing, but it was hilarious and it was perfectly on brand. And uh, so any of this, a lot of the Surface hardware, I still definitely have very fond memories uh, of. Um, some more than other Surface laptop being a big one. Surface RT2 more specifically uh, is definitely an older throwback because I leaked, I think, literally everything about that along with Paul Thorat before it came out. And so just things along that way. The Surface Laptop Studio, you can't see it's actually right there's a Surface Laptop Studio sitting right here. If you, For OGs who've watched this podcast for a long time, it used to be in the background. And so now it sits right here uh, next to me, and I occasionally use it for various things. The one thing I actually do want to do with this thing is open it up and replace the spinning rust in there and replace it with a solid-state drive. And it'd probably make it a lot more functional and useful for some of the insider stuff that I still like to play around with. So, uh, Mr. PKI dropping in two questions. He says, a lot of people lost their shortcuts and start buttons from the Microsoft Defender bug and the attack surface reduction. Uh, this is related to uh, the bug, what I was referring to earlier. With Start 11, so Start 11 is the start menu, the industry's best start menu. Uh, is, so this is a product I make at my company, Stardock. Uh, he says, was Start 11 also impacted by this bug or were customers not impacted so if they used Stardock? We were not impacted by this. We, it, it did not impact us. Uh, we were aware of it. We were actually a little nervous that we were going to be impacted too. Uh, but to the best of our knowledge, we were not impacted by that bug. And then Mr. PKI doing his usual wrapping up the ending of the week. It says, it sounds like Halo had one third of their people let go. I don't know if it was quite a third. It was definitely a large percentage. I, the number I heard was 60 and I thought they had around 400 people. But either way, it's still a sizable chunk of the of 343. Does that mean that there will be no more Halo Infinite DLC or will it survive like Gears of War and return 
from the ashes. If I had a... So here's my conspiracy theory betting man stuff. This is out on the fringes of what I think might be happening. We'll find out. So obviously Halo, I think uh, single player DLC, I think is done. I think that's off the table. I think Microsoft's giving up making the campaign anymore. Uh, there's not a lot of value, it seems, in doing that because they're... So I think single player DLC is gone. I think we will continue to see multiplayer updates. They're definitely going to continue to do new skins and other stuff like that to try to milk a few more dollars out of it. Here's what I think Microsoft is going through right now. I bet it would not surprise me if we don't see a new Halo for many years because after this, and let's be honest, the past couple Halos have, they've been, some of them have been rough. The Master Chief Collection was really rough. And so here you have, you have what was Microsoft's previous premium most high-grade uh, IP Halo. Right now, they're trying to buy another one of those, Call of Duty. It would not surprise me that if Microsoft can close the ABK acquisition, that Call of Duty becomes the new gem inside the Xbox world, and that they let Halo just rest. And they let it sit, I don't know, a decade, many years or something like that. And then when the time is right, they resurrect that IP, maybe do a reboot of the franchise, and then they launch it again, maybe even on Unreal for that matter, to, to make that transition but it would not surprise me if we don't see a new title from Halo for several years uh, going down the road. Because this one just has not worked out. And um, it's not the IP. There was definitely some serious management issues. So there you go, my friends. There you go. That wraps up this week. I'm traveling a little bit next week, conveniently, right during the Microsoft uh, earnings and uh, game showcase. But I'll definitely still be watching. And um, we'll have videos up on the channel. And, of course, a podcast next week. As always, my friends, make sure... Uh, well, there you go. I flubbed the outro. So I have to edit and cut it and do it again. So as always, my friends, make sure to keep it subscribed here. Because the only BS on this podcast is me.